Welcome to Get Heavy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it is. A uh, quick couple things before we get started. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash getheavypodcast. $1 a month gets you in the door. Early access to episodes and bonus content. Rate, subscribe, follow, and review the podcast on all audio outlets. Uh, it really does help. Check out the YouTube. Hit that notifications bell, subscribe button. Doesn't mean shit to you, but it means a lot to me. And check out the merch, localshop.com slash goodheavypodcast. We've got new merch dropping soon. I appreciate everyone that supported so far. Also, go ahead and give us a call on the Get Heavy hotline, 805-666-2314. And uh, you can leave your weird story, message, answer the question of the week, uh, rates, reviews, fucked up shit, send your memes, texts, voicemails, whatever you want. Uh, know that it will maybe used on the podcast if it is good. Having said all that, enjoy the episode. Get Heavy Podcast, hosted by Craig Pizzaz. Hey, what's up, dude? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Let me close my door real quick. All right. See the little one over there? Yeah, man. I got I got Jasper, my other dog, on the floor over here. Damn, look at your camera. Man, I got potato quality over there. I know. There. What's going on? You got to clean that lens, buddy. Hold on a sec. <laughs> oh, it's oh. a little better. That's all I got, man. It's not a... Hey, man. Not an old laptop, but the price was right, you know. There you go, man. That's good. Yeah. How how's life, brother? Uh it's good. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Awesome. Real mellow over here. What's that? Real mellow over here. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, it's hey. been raining for a few days and you know I'm not working all that much, so just hanging out with my dog, reading, watching T V. Beautiful, man. Yeah. Fuck yeah. What's that little pooch's name? This is June. June. <laughs> yep, that face, dude. That's cool. So, are you living? Where are you in Oakland, San Francisco? Where are you living? Uh, West Oakland. Yeah, oh. still West Oakland. Going on, I don't know, even maybe ten years now. Almost. I know, man. You moved out of here a minute ago. I was just thinking about it the other day. I was like, <clears throat> it's been it's been a while, man. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think. Um, uh, the Shimer's Fourth of July party, twenty twelve. I moved July fifth, mm. day after. Yeah, yeah. I, and then, do you feel the itch to come back yet, or are you good up there? I love it up here. Do you? Yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, That's cool, man. Um, yeah, it's you know all the friends are back home and the family's there, and it's like a cozy little cradle. But um, you know, stuff moves quick up here, and there's a lot to do, and you know. I've been here for a while, so I feel pretty set. Yeah. That's good. You know, man. I'll never, uh, uh, I mean, the fact that Ventura has graduated to almost Bay Area level statuses as far as like how much it costs to live. Oh, uh, yeah. And the fact that you have to commute out of it to really get decent work. Right. Um, you know, doesn't make me want to run home any quicker, but uh, certainly never be able to buy property, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I, we deal with the same shit here, too. You know what I mean? It's, 
right, I've been right. holding off on buying a house for like five solid years, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, fucking, it's, it's just ridiculous. And I make decent money, you know what I mean? It's still totally laughable to even think about. It. I don't know what, I mean, is rent up there? It's got to be, because up here it's like 3000 bucks for a house, which oh. is a lot, you know what I mean? But it's got to be bananas up there. Yeah, I mean, we we do really well here where I live, and we pay, you know, probably closer to four for a house, but that's like unheard of, you know. Yeah. And that's is it really? With you know, the circle of friends has had this house for like close to twelve years, probably. Really. So like, you know, and they can only like raise the rent a certain percentage every year, which I'm sure they're bummed about, but you know. Yeah. But um, but you're looking at three grand for a one bedroom apartment here. Um, but then you can find niches where you'll get one for two grand. And actually, you know, COVID housing costs shot through the roof, but uh, rental costs went down because a lot of people split because they could work from home. So right, they right back to wherever they're from or to cheaper cities. And and it lent, you know, left the, the rental market kind of, of flush with empty places. So Well, that's good. I mean, yeah, it makes it fucking a little doable, you know. But yeah. I mean, even when you hear four grand for a fucking house, you're like, but, you know, obviously, there is, like, a living wage almost up there, too, right? I mean, as far I mean, as it goes, there is still there the is minimum any... wage shit over there. Yeah, it totally varies. I mean, we we're, we thought we were cool having a $15 minimum wage. That seems to be, like, a, a, a cross-California thing now anyways. Um, yeah. Except there's plenty of cities where, you know, it's, it's not that. But uh, I think we were one of the first counties to prioritize that, which was cool. But that still is not a living, you know, living not wage. A living wage would be closer to 30 bucks an hour probably you know so yeah for yeah. sure man yeah it, it's a it's a trip when you start looking when you when you have to do some real adulting you know what i mean you start like right. you start getting interested and you look at properties and you're all well, i guess i'm not an adult man fuck it totally. <laughs> it's, it's funny how window shopping changes from when you're like a teenager mm-hmm. to in your 20s and now it's like using those those apps like Zillow and stuff and your window shopping like houses you'll never ever have, but you're imagining, <laughs> you're imagining the sunset from that porch and like a rocking chair and shit. Like... Totally... <laughs> I remember my biggest obstacle was being able to afford a bullet belt at wild planet. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like that was like 50 bucks. Fuck. You got to yeah. pay per shell. Fuck. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> totally. you're, you're tripping out, fucking panicking, trying to figure out how to spange fucking 50 bucks. And now it's yeah. like, I look at a property, like I looked at one around here the other day, just to look, because it's like in the, it's in a weird corner. The house is pretty beat up, but it's a big lot, you know what I mean? And that's what I'm, I'm like interested in, like property, you know? Right. I fucking called the guy, dude, and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, they want, the, the house is like 2,000 square foot. I'm like, that's not bad. And they're like, yeah, um, you know, it's almost like a half acre lot. I'm like, cool, cool. And he's all, all right. they're asking 1.3 for it. I'm all, Lose my fucking number, dude. Like, yeah. like, immediately lose my number. Don't ever call. He's all, well, we got some cheaper shit. I'm going to stop it. <laughs> Don't ever call me again. I, I said, right. I'm now I'm mad at you. And he's like, yeah. dude, you called me. I'm all, I know. This is how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> fucking... it's, it's it's cruel, you know. It's, it's, it is. Honestly, this, that the housing thing, is it's just, it's just cruelty to people to do that. And it's, you know, we're not out there trying to find some fancy thing. Like, most of us want oh, yeah. The most we could ask for is a backyard, you know what I mean? And yeah. maybe two bathrooms, which would be cool because you really don't want to like blow your partner up sometimes in the morning and you want to yeah, like, have totally. a little space. So, but, um, and that seems like a lot to ask these days. It really it does. It really is. Are you, are you with the milk, the milk bros? Are you living with the milk bros right now? Or yeah. What? yeah. 
Yes, I just made I that name up, by the way. It's I know it's not a, a name, but that's no, what I'm calling it. It is now. That's it. Yeah. The Milk Bros house, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. We all live together. Brian's oh, down. do you really? There's me and Maddie are upstairs. Oh, Maddie's with you too, huh? Yeah, yeah. Maddie's uh, just a bathroom away from me right well, now. Ain't that a joy, dude? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. How, how much do you regret getting convincing that guy to move up there? Uh, not at all. No, yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> He brings like so much energy to the house that sometimes it makes me feel like I want to, I want to shut away because I'm like jealous. I don't have like yeah. that unending well of joy for life. constantly. I know it's insane. Like, I, I keep like, I always wonder like, when's the darkness going to come out and it does come out in moments, <laughs> but yeah, the yeah, real maybe. darkness dude. like, when's the real darkness of Maddie going to come out, dude? I don't know. I mean, you know, and even though his level of real darkness probably isn't even close to like an actual level of darkness. I know. He might say some offhanded mean thing and you're like, and it hurts you so much more than an actual awful thing from (laughs) someone else because it's from Matt, you know? Yeah. It's like when your parents tell you they're disappointed in you rather than yelling at you. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather get the back of the hand than like, you know, that speech for sure. (laughs) So yeah. you're living with your band, fucking being in a band with them. It's not yeah. driving you nuts, huh? No, and they're really sweet about my pace because I move really slowly. You know, and after after No Say with Brian and Carter and Eric, uh, I was really kind of wanting to take a break. Oh, really? So like, you know, and I didn't really like play guitar for a long time, probably close to two years. I didn't really like mess really? with Really? Yeah, it was just not, it just didn't feel it. And, uh, yeah. um, with this band, when, when we started it, I kind of wanted it to be like the opposite of no say in the sense that it's like just boiled down three piece, simple songs, all kind of with like a negative twinge, like, mm-hmm. you know, minor chords and sharps and flats and shit mm-hmm. and like, um, not a ton of vocals going on. So, uh, yeah. and, and, you know, it's been three years and I think. I've written like 16 songs. Yeah. (laughs) Moving very slowly. Like I was really busy with my job at the time too. And everyone's really busy up here. You're constantly moving. So, um, so the the pace of a band that I wanted kind of fit our lifestyles at the time. Anyways, we weren't going, we weren't twice a week, six hour practices like we used to be, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, you, you do, do, you do get like, you know, you get fucking burnout, man. I mean, cause you've always been such a, you know, prolific fucking songwriter. I mean, since the uh-huh. day I met you at Salzer's, I remember the day <laughs> I met you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been impressed with like your songwriting capabilities and, you know, the volume at which, you know, you've, you've turned out music, you know, especially with like glass and ashes being such a seemingly tumultuous end. You know what I mean? Yeah. I could see how it could burn you out. You know what I mean? And yeah, that, I mean, that really was the traveling that burnt me out. You yeah. know, in Glass and Ashes, everyone had seemingly they had like great jobs that like their bosses love them, appreciate them, let them come and go. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like I was the one dude who's like I, I had a really good job at a screen printing shop. And right. Like, hey, my band's going on tour in a month. I'll be gone for six weeks. And the owner would be like, oh, cool, man. That's that's exciting. Great. Go for it. Have a good time. And I'd come back from the tour and I'd be like, hey, in a month, I'm going to be gone for another five weeks. And he'd be like, we already did that. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, it's like an ongoing thing. And he's like, yeah. oh, really? Get the fuck out. See yeah, you later. totally. And like, I was always that guy. So I had 20 jobs, you know, and it just right. like, I, I resorted to pocket records on eBay and Amazon to pay my rent, you know, and it was just like way too much. So 
Yeah. But I learned a lot about songwriting in Glass and Ashes, you know, and me and Gleason did a lot of that second record living at Hummingbird. Mm-hmm. Um, and he taught me a lot about that. I never stopped playing like acoustic guitar. You know, I'm always writing ditties and shit, but like, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to put stuff together sometimes when there's all this shit going on in your life. And, you know, there's all those mitigate. Some people can like face some adversity and like write this magic tune out of it. For me, like I crumple up, I fetal position it in my bed and I don't touch my shit, you know? Right. That That's exactly how I am. I have to have chaos in my yeah. life to write. Like I have to yeah. be changing my job and uh, having another kid and fucking, you know what I mean? I have to have, right. I have to be in chaos in order to find that inspiration to write, which, which was weird because COVID was like a different type of chaos. And I yeah. found myself completely drained and couldn't write anything. Like right. we've written maybe six songs, like in parts, you know what I mean? Like we have a couple yeah. newer songs with, with tongue, but since the record, but we couldn't do shit, dude. Like I could not yeah. find, you know what I mean? Which is like, Cause it was weird. It wasn't like I wasn't busy. You know what I mean? I was at home working for a lot of it and then totally. dealing with kids and getting them through that. And I just could not find any fucking inspiration to yeah. write, dude. It was really weird, which yeah. normally chaos makes me go like, fucking let's go. You know, I get in right. gear. It um, was like a, it was like a weird mundane chaos. Cause you know, yeah. on the news and out in big cities, you know, People were hurting, right? But like we're kind of in our in our four walls, right. kind of walking it from afar, and it felt like I remember everyone going into that lockdown, being like, "Dude, we're gonna get so much work done. We're gonna like we're gonna draw all this shit. We're gonna write all this shit. We're gonna have a record by the time this ends." Like nine out of ten of those people didn't do shit, and I was one of them. Right? You know, it's just like uh, it was really difficult, and I just kind of wanted to sink. And I worked from home too, and it was a lot of meetings. It was a lot. This is the first Zoom I think I've had since you know may or june of 2020 so right yeah yeah well yeah because you end up everything goes i wish i would have bought stock in that shit dude fuck I'd yeah be a fucking billionaire right now you know what i mean right totally. yeah, but uh i mean the zoom meetings are ridiculous you know it is but this it, it what it did do is you know it it lit the fire under my ass to restart the podcast to really fucking yeah. be able to try to connect with my friends again which is something that i haven't been able to do for years right you know, it was with my head down grinding you know i mean raising yeah. kids and shit so it yeah. was cool in that aspect but you know I've, i have realized over the years that i can do a few things really well at at a time but right. the 90 fucking 90 things going on and managing and juggling it all is like not fucking i can't do it anymore you know what I mean? and i don't have any interest either you know what i mean yeah yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to fine tune shit because we were, I think we were all kind of raised similarly where we like always have to have our irons in like 20 fires, right. throw everything at the wall and see what sticks. Like, you know, what's that term? Um, master of none. What is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, totally. You know, and then the ones you kind of latch on to. Obviously, for us, it was music because it right. was more than just the songwriting, it was the energy and stuff like that. But I think, yeah, we both got to that age where we had to find something else because the rent yeah. and, family <laughs> yeah well that yeah. i was actually getting like pretty fucking jaded dude and over it you know what i mean like yeah playing shows like the butterflies went away you yeah. know what i mean and now i'm only expecting someone to stomp on my shit and break something yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. I, I really like decided like when tongue started i had taken a good long break for the first time in my life of for music you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. it was like you taking a couple years off like that was the first time in my life I'd ever stopped playing music. 
Yeah. And it, you know, and I had to like really learn how to reappreciate what I was, what we're lucky enough to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. In whatever aspect we do it in at this point, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I mean, the butterflies never go away, but I was never sure if they were the good ones or the bad ones, you know, cause <laughs> it doesn't matter how many shows you play. Like you feel that way right before you get up. Yeah. Um, and you're expecting complete chaos and doom and everything usually goes fine, but I got yeah, a lot yeah. of milkweed in my soul. So the butterflies are, are thriving. I yeah. Think. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It, just for me, it started going away and I started expecting things, you know what I mean? Like expecting yeah. it to be a certain way, expecting it to fucking, and it really, it just like, when I stepped away from it, I really, it, I realized how much it actually bummed me out that I would even not really be stoked to fucking do this anymore. You know what I mean? Right, right. And it was part of the touring. It was part of everything else going on in my life. You can only do yeah. that shit for so long and not make any fucking money on it, you know? I know. I mean, half the time we're paying to play shows, you know? Yeah, when you um, do the math on it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I when I stopped really kind of, playing a lot like I started to feel a little guilty like because like I you know friends were asking what's going on and it's so nice to have like a supportive group around you actually interested in the shit that you're doing it feels like a gift I still will never forget and we've had this conversation years ago like we remember back when we had to like beg to get on shows you know oh yeah and once you start getting offered shows you like feel like you're fucking David Lee Roth or some shit yeah, you've made you it, know man. but yeah. you don't get the David Lee Roth money or anything but like it's just having a supportive community around you curious about it like it's what started me riding the ship that became milk bath and stuff but it was all kind of you know when i started playing guitar i never oh there's my dog i never wanted it to be a thing like this is my identity this is what i have to like bank everything on right you know like i wanted it to be purely just i'll do it when i feel like doing it mm -hmm. and like luckily i felt like doing it more often than not you know but yeah um, but still to this day i start like those few years i was like can I even play anymore? Do I even remember what I was doing? I well, I remember all the old songs, which I don't remember most of them. Yeah. I got friends in the neighborhood that can play Glass and Ashes songs better than I can. Dude. I'm not even kidding. Like, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, but it, it's always there. It's always going to be there. It it's will. It will come do. back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Arthritis notwithstanding, you can play the guitar for the rest of your life. You can be oh. the old man on the porch in the rocking chair. Yeah. From that house on Zillow. <laughs> totally, man. Yeah. It, it is. It is fucking. Um, it's it's a different animal, man. You just you got to figure out in the you know I'm going on twenty, fuck almost twenty five years of playing music. You know what I mean? And I feel like yeah, I you know I've just barely scratched the surface on what I can do, and I feel boxed in a lot of times with my style and my tuning, and I fucking don't know how to get out of it. And oh, you know, yeah. and then you get discouraged, and then you find something that fucking works and gets you excited. You know, yeah. but it, it really is a gift, you know what I mean, to be able to produce something like that. Because I've met so many people in this world that have never, ever, ever had the chance to do anything creative for themselves. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. it really does make you appreciative of, like, the fact that you do have the talent to do it and you can. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, you have a family and, and kids and stuff and you have a legacy laid out, you know, and, like, for a... a I don't know if I have kind of a legacy. <laughs> For a single boy like me who uh, probably will never uh, have any offspring, uh, you know, something like that is almost a legacy where you're like, you know, even if just one person keeps the fucking record for 20 years, you're like, right. you, you made something out of nothing. It's there. You literally mm -hmm. physically created, you know, shit out of nothing. Hopefully it won't end up in the ocean with all the straws and shit. Right. But like, it's out there. It's it's in the ether. 
people yeah. will find it. They might be buying it out of dollar bins because your art cover art was cool. Yeah, you exactly. Know, where, where you spent all the money on your album hiring that artist to draw your cover art. Mm. It might sell our records out of dollar bins 30 years from now. Who yeah, knows? man. Your, your, fucking, <laughs> your record might be the fucking vinyl that's stuck in the turtle's nose in the ocean, dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah, I mean, mine too. I don't know. You know, you never know. Yeah, probably yours, not mine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. My, <laughs> I, I'm aiming for it, dude. I, I've been rolling them all up real tight, dude. Oh all shit! Just like melting them in the oven. And... <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Fuck those turtles. Oh kidding. come on. I'm just. I love. I love them, dude. Yeah. The turtles are all we have. I know. Turtles and bees, dude. That's it. Our whole yeah. fucking. Our whole world depends on them. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it. It is a trip, though. I mean, I just. You know, I really. Coming into these handful of shows, especially coming out of COVID, like, have you found yourself out of COVID? Are you starting to pick it back up again? Are you starting to find it, the inspiration, uh, or no? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know. Inspiration's funny because it's so different for everyone. I've never had, like, bazinga moments, you know? Um, like, I've never, you know, it's just, like, usually I'm sitting down fucking around and it, something pops out, and that's cool. Yeah. And we've yeah. got a couple, right, you know, a couple months ago when we were getting out of the really gnarly climb as far as like deaths from COVID and like the vaccine was becoming more available. Like I started to go out more and practice at the jam spot alone. And some nights I'd go out there and I'd sit and stare at my shit for two hours. And other nights yeah. I'd go out there and I'd play like ungodly loud, yeah. you know, without earplugs and like nothing that happened. And other nights like shit popped out. And so there's yeah. a few new songs we'll be playing. We'll be in Ventura on the 29th playing. Right. And we'll, we're going to play a couple new songs. and Yeah, this will um, be out the, right after it. So uh, it, yeah. for, for the record, the shows went off. It was awesome. You know, <laughs> it was yeah. nuts. That house is fucking badass, the the Rat Boys house. Oh, I'm curious. It's a yeah, good spot, it's, dude. It's a really it's right by, uh, you know, a little legendary plot of land where the Garden yeah. Village used to stand. So. Totally, man. It really yeah. it's right there, you know. Which is, yeah. which is rad, you know. But, um, yeah, it'll be a good show. And we're playing on the 30th, so. Nice. I wish I could wish you were staying an extra day. You could come hang out, dude. I'm going full David Lee Roth. What? We're oh, doing Van Halen covers, man. Oh, my God. That's amazing. It's insane. It's insane, dude. Wait, you're David Lee Roth? Yeah. Fatty okay. Lee Roth, dude. I'm going Fatty Lee Roth. Oh, yeah. I got it, dude. Oh, my God. Of course. Yeah. There'll be uh, pictures. I got the 1975 David Lee Roth, like, white and red spandex pants. Oh, that's the, that's the only one to get. I know. Oh, man. <laughs> so, uh, there's like a bunch of guys from my work that say they're coming, you know, and I'm like, listen, dude, you can't judge me. You know what I mean? You can't judge uh -huh. me on this. You still have to take me serious as an instructor, as a construction worker after you see me do this because it's going to oh, be no, a fucking dude. different level. Dude. Oh, no. It's going to be a lot there, of hip thrusting, man. Yeah. Uh, every time they see you now out on a job and shit, like you're going to get all serious and they're just going to start giggling. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> That's they're like, gonna remember the gaff tape zucchini in your spandex. A hundred percent, dude. Yeah, that's a, yeah, yep. A lot of fucking hip thrusts. Uh, a lot of fucking karate moves. You know what I mean? It's watching uh, that guy. Like I've been watching a lot, trying to get like the, the Roth in my head, dude. Right. First of all, Van Halen is horrendous live. Every fucking live video you see is absolutely horrendous they're off time terrible really oh, okay. i mean they're an incredible band the records yeah. are incredible but watch any try to find a really good van halen fucking that's not oh, a music okay. video i guess i never tried i gotta look that up it's impossible dude yeah. i mean they well, are you, on so much cocaine well, you know the yeah. bass player's bass is a jack daniels bottle i know and like, there is yeah. 
you know, being whiskey drunk and trying to like play, your limbs are like jello. It's uh-uh. they're not not doing it. They're playing flawlessly. <laughs> right. But it's too good. Like they're too good at their instruments and they're not playing the songs. Like and uh, then David Lee Roth like hits maybe a quarter of the lyrics. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he's <laughs> running on catwalks and flying around the stage and shit. Like yeah. it's bana it's bananas, dude. Oh, like man. Yeah, it's and and then the songs are so incredibly fucking hard. Like I told yeah. him I, I cannot play guitar and do and and do that. Like there's no yeah. way. So Bill luckily is playing it. And for the record, this comes out after he nailed it. Fucking show went great. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I saw a little clip of him doing some finger tapping and it was it was rad. And he got Rob on drums. Yeah. Right? It was yep. just incredible. So Yeah, he's yeah. yeah. Hoffer Teacher is no joke, dude. It's no oh, fucking shit. joke. You know what yeah. I mean? But um, yeah. Anyway, it, it's gonna be very, very fun, dude. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, I can't believe we're missing that. I gotta work on Sunday. Maybe we should. Ah, I don't know. Cancel we'll it. See. Cancel yeah. it. It's fucking Halloween. What are you it's doing true. for work right now? Um. Well, I'm helping out at a record store here. Oh, cancel it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of working at a record store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Sunday is one of the only days like I gotta be there just because you know there's not a lot. Well, I'm in the back too. I'm like a, a pricer and a sorter and a buyer, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, being on the back end of retail is really nice after, you know, after years and years of being the front line on retail. Which right, is, right. But, but this is a mellow, it's like the best record store, I think, in the Bay Area. And I, I, I was saying that before I worked there, you know. How dare you, sir? You serve you know? Amoeba Records. It's great. Oh, you <laughs> got nothing. You got nothing. I mean, they're cool, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, they're good. You know, yeah. Oh, there's always mean, that little. What's it called? Uh, it's called Econo Jam. Econo Jam. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. Great record store, like a tiny little place, but jam packed. Everyone that works there is great. You know, the owner who's become a friend is a really like positive member of the community, and he he does a, a lot of good. Like it's yeah. just like a really beautiful place to be. It's it, it was it got me through COVID, and and I kept my sanity. You know, by being yeah. able to go there and. uh um, just chill in the back and, and grab from random stacks of records and, you know, price them and hang out and listen to podcasts and disappear. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. It is nice, dude. Uh, how yeah. is, how is San Francisco right now? Are shows coming back? Are they doing everything or is everything still pretty locked down over there? No. Yeah. Fully. I mean, it's probably been maybe two months, maybe more. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not to the level it was. Unfortunately, a lot of places like had to shutter. Didn't make it, yeah. COVID, you know, yeah. In San Francisco and Oakland, uh, uh, it's so expensive, and there's no there's no landlord forgiveness. There's no IOUs for business owners, which is pretty unfortunate, right? Um, but uh, and you guys lost a. I mean, losing Scott is a. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, he was it, he was big. He's a he big actually, you know big deal in that area. You know, it meant a lot to a lot of people. You know. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, lower mission way down where he was at the knockout is like it, it's it feels important to me because that's like the first place I played in San Francisco with Glass and Ashes. Yeah, we, I was with you, dude. Yeah, I yeah, got the, the fucking <laughs> I got the tattoo on my leg right now. Oh shit! <laughs> did, did you the get boxer. it? Did you get the knockout tattoo? No, no. I, I think did Carter and Jesse. It's the boxing man. Yeah, it's it's like the it's the logo. It's the yeah the yeah luchador with the boxing glove. Right, right. Um, no, I didn't. I don't know. You guys had money. I didn't, you know. Yeah, there you I, go. I don't know. Right. I spent it all at the bar, so. Yeah. Um, but he was. <laughs> dude, that was. Remember that night, dude? Uh, no, you got to refresh. Was what, it what with happened. you guys? It was, right? Let me see. I Let me look like, at my I mean, 
I remember some SF trips with you, so. Yeah. Oh, no. The young, the, I'm talking about, uh, we got tattoos on the Young Livers tour. Oh, okay. That's what it was. That's when Dave Hall got, uh, got in a fight with Brian. There's two oh. new guys, Dave Hall. Anyway, Ventura guy. And, yeah. uh, dude, I mean, it was a weird night, man. Fucking, do you ever know. hear about that? Um, my memory is spotty. Is it? Tell, okay, tell so we played there. It was like the first time I think we had played there. So we must not have played with you guys there, but, um, you know, I just associated you with everything. Yeah. Uh, but we oh, we're playing. Yeah, we're playing that show, dude. And the show's killer. Scott's doing it. It's fucking awesome. It's the first time we'd ever worked with him. Yeah. Uh, fucking super hospitable, killer, no bullshit. You know what I mean? It was like a really refreshing way to start a fucking tour. And uh, that night, this kid, old kid from Ventura named Brian, showed up at the show. And we're like, what's up with you? He's like a little skate grom, you know what I mean? Like yeah. from back in the skate, the skate street days and the, and the, and the board shop. I, and I guess him. Dave used to fucking torture the shit out of him, dude. I mean, just, he came there wanting to beat Dave up, you know what I mean? Which was oh, like, no. and he kept telling us like all night, he's like, I'm going to beat Dave up. I'm like, Hey man, get, get it. Yeah. <laughs> They're the exact same size human. It couldn't be a more equal fight. You know what I mean? Like, like, it yeah. could, and so he came in there with a mission, dude. And, he could, he got Dave to fucking fight him, dude. And I guess there was like, I actually missed it. I was in the bar watching bands and getting fucking hammered, but I come out to all this chaos, you know? And so I guess they're fighting in the street, you know, fucking going at it. And, and I don't, Brian's lighting him up. Dave's not notorious for winning fights. You know what I mean? So um, wow. anyway, but I guess they're fighting and it's a pretty scrappy, like shitty fight. And I, and someone like two, two huge black dudes in a Cadillac rolled up as they were fighting jumped out, called them both pussies, and punched one of them, dude. Oh, Just shit. fucking added to it, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then booked, like, bailed, right? <laughs> and that kind of ended the fight, dude. It All was right. such a wild night, man. <laughs> That's a quick de-escalation tactic, I guess. <laughs> dude, it's all, they man, probably, y'all motherfuckers don't know how to fight. They, they were probably watching from a block away, and they're like, we got to end. This is going on too long over here. This is, <laughs> come on. <laughs> It was so nuts, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, so yeah. Dave got knocked out at the knockout, you know what I mean? Which was, oh, man. I don't know if he actually got knocked out or not, but it was fucking pretty it was yeah. nuts, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Shows up, shows up there have always been killer, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the knockout especially, it's, it's funny because when we started this band, um, Scott was, like, probably the only person to respond. I hate sending emails. Oh, when yeah. You start a band and you're trying to get shows and you start emailing people like, Hey, we have this band. You know, they get a million of those a day. Like, Oh, totally. Especially people like Scott who was booking at the knockout. I mean, for two decades or something. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's a tiny little place. Like it, but like people wanted to play there because the energy was always good. And right. The sound was good and the drinks were cheap and you could play bingo before you got on stage, you know? So yeah. But like, uh, he was one of the only ones who listened to the link, responded like the band. And I think our first two. I think our first, second, and fourth show ever were all at the knockout, you know, because really? he kept, like, pulling us in, and he wasn't, like, trying to shove us as an opener, because he knew no one knew us, we weren't going to draw for him. Right. He just thought we'd blend well, like, you know, think about being in that business for decades and still caring about, like, tiny-ass little bands and, like, how they mesh into a set. You're not just trying to fill a four-bill or a three-bill show. Right. You know, he, he and, and me and him had a lot of late-night conversations, and, like, actually became pretty friendly but you know he was just a sweetheart he's someone i could always email if we had friends coming to town and needed a show and he'd try his best you know and mm-hmm. he was just really accessible and that's pretty damn rare in a big ass city 
full yeah. of bands that want to play at a popular little bar, you know. So, yeah, he was a special one, but uh, you know, you know, he did it right. So he was a good he was a good example for like I think a lot of people. And you know, the knockouts booking again, and we have friends um, mm-hmm. booking shows there and hosting like a bunch of different variety shows and stuff. And you know, things are right. picking back up, and it feels good. We're excited to play again. But I can tell you, I have not been this nervous about a show ever as I am like playing our hometown after not playing for like 19 months. Right. With right. Maddie, poor Maddie, brand new drummer. Yeah. He knows the songs, dude. He knows them. He knows them backwards and forwards. Yeah. And he like is such a good drummer. He puts like so much personality into his playing. And he really does, dude. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, in Ox, he fucking worked his ass off, dude. Yeah. You know I mean? He just loves music. It's great to have a drummer who loves music, who actually writes songs, who writes lyrics, who's like a poet. You know, he adds so much to it. So once we get past this show and we're kind of on our path, like I'm definitely going to start leaning on him to write with him because so yeah. far it's just been me, you know, writing all these songs and and 16 songs in two or three years is, is pretty sad. So I might, <laughs> well, try to, yeah. might try to pick up the pace a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I figured. I, what I realized one day is like I was all bummed on myself because like, dude, I just can't write. And it's like, I realized, hey, dickhead, why don't you pick up the guitar every once in a while? You know what I mean? Like, I know. Yeah, you know, and that that was my problem. I walk past these things fucking 20, 30 times a day, and I don't ever find time to pick up. But then I'm bummed out that I'm not writing anything. It's like, it's not just going to come to your head. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I used to sleep riffs. Like, they would come to me in, sl- in my sleep and shit. I remember like, you telling me that, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it you used to fucking riffs. really, like, hit yeah. me. Like, I'd be possessed by, like, a riff. Yeah. that I think of, you know, and it hasn't happened in so long. You know what yeah. I mean? And I realize now yeah. that I really got to grind for it, you know? Yeah, seriously, I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm I'm on, like, the guitar is in the corner of the room, and I'm on the couch staring at it, kind of side-eyeing it, and it's like, it's like a donut, and I'm on Weight Watchers. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't want to touch you, but I do want to touch you, but I, yeah. I have this conflicted yeah. thing with it sometimes, you know? It's yeah. really bizarre. It's become very personal, like, yeah, I mean, for a lot of us, music is the longest relationship we've ever had. You know what I mean? And it's true. It's like, our moms. Are, it is weird. Moms it, besides your mom or your dad, you know what I mean? But <laughs> right. you know, it really is like something that you have to you have to actively like pursue and fucking keep it going because you get in these lulls. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you know the the point is not to be too hard on yourself when you have those lulls because right. like there were so many times I thought, wow, like I have such bad writers. This the second No Say record I wrote like more than half the songs on that record. And I, and I wrote lyrics to one of them mm-hmm. and Carter wrote, and I sing on half of them. So Carter wrote the rest of my lyrics, you know, and it was like, I was lucky to have him to pick up that, that weight for me. But I was just, I just told him one night, like, I cannot think of shit. I can't, I got all these tunes though, you mm-hmm. know, and then it got to the point where I couldn't even write tunes really. And I was putting way too much pressure on myself and, right. and, and, it, and it feels weird. And I'm also like, who, for who? For who am I doing this, you know? Right. Is yeah. it for me? Because, like, of course I love having people come to shows and, like, friends be complimentary and people buy your record. But at the end of the day, it's like you really kind of – or at least I'm doing it to fulfill some kind of, like, compulsion, you know? Right. Because it just yeah. feels so fucking good to finish a song or to have it come to you and, you know? So I found that playing – trying to learn other people's songs, not looking up a tab online, sit with a guitar and – play the song over and over on the record and like try to figure it out. And I've written so many tunes that way. Yeah. Um, You know, hopefully not biting off what I was trying to learn, but mostly just like from fucking it up, I'll come up with some other kind of riff, you know? Totally. That's been kind of my main method lately. That's my one downfall, dude. I have a real hard time learning other people's shit. Like I just, 
I'm I'm not interested. I'm just not yeah. fucking interested. And I should actively try more because I think it'll get me outside of my box a little bit. Yeah. You know, but I just I don't fucking give a shit. Like, totally. I, you know, like it's like nothing's worse than going to like a party where it's a bunch of normies, right? You yeah. know, like and they know you're an, a musician, and then they like want you to like play a song. You know what I mean? Oh. There's like band, and you're like, I just have to. I'm like, I'm not the guy, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm not the guy that has like a a book of songs memorized. Like I'm the worst. Like <laughs> I'm the worst guy to ask that shit. I can't sing. My riffs yeah. are fucking all. Do can I tune it to drop C? Like yeah, right. <laughs> like, totally. I'm the worst guy to do that. You know what I mean? And yeah. I felt so dumb many times in my life where I got family members like, "Hey man, play us a song." And it's like I was. Dude, I could give you like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer right now, but that's right. about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, totally. I am so glad that uh, you know, no one's ever asked me at a party, but uh, but definitely it was Grandma and my aunt at like every Thanksgiving. Yeah, oh, that's what I mean. Like, like family shit, you know? Yeah. Oh, you're playing the guitar. Let me see how it's coming along. Like, no, no, no. Bring it out. Come on. No, no, no. Come on. Okay. And then you bring it out and you start playing a song. And then my grandma, who's she was like a classically trained piano player, is like, oh, your intonation's off. Like, uh, you're 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 flat. Your 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 height your B string is slightly sharp. I'm like, what the fuck? All right, forget it. Forget Never it. Never mind. Thanks. And then all of a sudden it goes quiet. It. The conversation yeah. changes, you know, and like they regret asking you, and you're like, well, fuck you, all right. I'm gonna. I'm didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it anyway. Part of punk band now, just to, just to spite you. Yeah. Fuck you, grandma. <laughs> all I can think of is that scene from Animal House where the you know they're at the party and the guy's playing a uh, guitar on the steps. He's singing, "I gave my love a chicken," and uh, Belushi comes up and just smashes his guitar into pieces. <laughs> totally, we all know those guys at parties that pick that guitar up. Oh, dude, they're the worst. You know? <laughs> they're the worst, dude. There's like guys that would come over to my house and I hide the guitars from. You know what I mean? Oh, You're shit, like, okay. Yeah. No way, dude. I mean, this was back in the Mon- the Montalvo <laughs> days. You know what I mean? Like, right. This fucking some motherfucker grabs it and yeah. you're like, put it down, dude. Put it down. Yeah. Put it down. No one wants to hear your song. Period. Dude, there's 20 different conversations going. There's music on the stereo blaring, and all of a sudden <laughs> he's playing the Beatles in the corner, and you're like, "No one can hear you. Like, yeah. we know you're good. We know you rule. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. okay. But, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bad, man. Yeah. But that's good. I'm glad shows are starting to pick up because I just you only hear about fucking what you hear about. You know, it's like you hear that like San Francisco's a shithole. It's on lockdown. There's no fucking can't yeah. do nothing you know what i mean it's like of course it's not like that completely you know i've been like actively talking to glowing brain for about five fucking months now about coming oh, on the yeah. podcast you know and and uh and not that i you know i don't have any ill will or nothing i'm stoked to have them on but they're trying to record a record and yeah. they don't want to come on until they have something to talk about and i'm like yeah absolutely dude you know they're, yeah they're but, being... uh, i keep telling them like come down and play some shows dude shows are going off since july shows have been fucking going off wow right yeah you know, like yeah, five, six hundred like... kids showing up to fucking shows, dude. What? Really? It's insane. Right. It's insane right now. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I hope they're masking up and being smart and shit. Nope. But I mean, they're kids. So, <laughs> nope. Know? Nope. Okay. Yeah. They're kids, dude. You know, but, um... I mean, they're like 18 year old kids. You know, they're fucking there's right. a whole nother whole new fucking batch. Of yeah. Kids that are just going wild, dude. Damn. All and right. I mean, you... good for them, you know. Odds are they're going to survive COVID anyway. It's fucking, yeah. you know what I mean? It's it's just so much of this stuff is so asinine to me, you know. But, yeah. but not that I don't believe in it or think it's a terrible fucking thing. But, right. you know, the kids are fine, dude. Let them fucking party. They're, they're, they are. They they're are. They're going to do yeah. it anyway. I uh, I mean, it, yeah, it's 
shows over here have been going for a minute, but uh, I've, I've been really proud of the Bay Area and some of like the, you know, some of the paces they set for how COVID was handled. And, you know, um, Newsom is whatever half the time, you know, and he's yeah. whatever the other half. But it, um, I think I, I feel like he handled it semi well. And the Bay Area always takes a cue from him. And San Francisco was really strict, really quick. And Alameda County, where Oakland is, um, they were really strict, really quick, and we had low, low numbers throughout the whole thing. And there was a couple mm-hmm. little spikes, but um, you would see the hardest dudes walking down the street, masked up, yelling at other people to pull their masks up and shit. It was like really fucking cool to see people like actually care about, you know, yeah. the communities around them and stuff. And and I think it showed in the numbers in the end, but I, I don't know. I haven't read anything about it in a while, but um yeah. Um, but so they waited a long time. We were supposed to play a pizza shop, my favorite pizza shop in o- Oakland down 14th Street here. Um, and they ended up canceling at the last minute. We we're going to play with Body Farm. Oh, OK. Um, not last minute. It's actually like weeks from now. But uh, yeah. Um, so everyone's still depending on their level of concernness about it, you know, still yeah. being a little here or there. But uh, but pretty much shows are back in full swing. And it's funny you mentioned Glowing Brain because Conrad is the one who knows the singer guitar or bass player of going brain knows more blast Nash songs than I do. Does he really talking about? Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and it's funny. They're being real st- strategic about how they launched this. Thing. I know. And it's good for them, man. It's very smart. It's, yeah. it's just like what we were talking about. There's like a little bit of a game you got to play um, to get your shit out there and they're doing it right. And their stuff yeah. rules. And they, they went back and forth on this record for months and months and months. I would have given up way sooner. You know, yeah. they wanted, they wanted it absolutely perfect from the artwork and the insert and the photography yeah. all the way to the music, especially. But, uh, so I'm stoked for you to hear it because it's great. Yeah. The one, I mean, I've heard the one song so far and it, I mean, it's just ripping, dude. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. They're going to be a big fucking band. I mean, it's, yeah. It's for sure. I, comp- I compare them a lot to you because I do not know how a human being can smoke that much fucking weed and play music that heavy and fast. <laughs> yeah. Because, totally. cause, like, I right. can get to sleep. I can get, I can get, sleep and electric wizard and shit mm-hmm. but uh with how fast glowing brain is and shit like i don't understand and especially doc the guitar player and james the drummer like everything all the little intricate things they're doing mm-hmm. while being so fucking blazed out of their minds is incredible so. yeah they i mean i don't know them you know what i mean it's hard for me yeah. to imagine anyone's gonna smoke more more weed than the fucking wrath you know what i mean but right. I'm sure it's happening, you know. What They're I mean? up there, dude. They yeah. also fucking. I mean, <laughs> I, I am, I'm, I laugh sometimes because I've, I've listened to some of the old Wrath records just to kind of fucking see if I could even play them anymore. Yeah, and not a fucking chance, dude. I, right. it's like comically fucking fast. Some of that shit, dude. I can't even. Yeah. I, I'm like, how are we this high, and right. this fucking fast at the same time? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense dude you had the young brain man you had the young brain and now your brain all those little corpuscles are spreading apart slowly and there's all this air in between them you know what it was i stopped smoking weed that's probably why my fucking brain doesn't work so good anymore oh yeah (laughs) yeah i I don't either i can't i can't if i do i get i start to think everyone hates me and i go to bed like i question every decision i've ever made in my life since i was 15 Every yeah, time I smoke pot now. I always think about the most random dumb thing I did that haunts <laughs> me to this day. I, I eat it though. I love, you know, yeah. it's nice having Maddie. Maddie's a great outlet because he works at a place. And so mm-hmm. he's always bringing home the newest invention. Mm-hmm. And I've been vegan for a couple months now. Mm-hmm. And like they got some vegan gummies now and he's, he's brought them home to me. He's so sweet. So, yeah. you know. I used yeah. to find the five mil fucking little like chocolate covered espresso beans. Like that was it. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. good. Like, just takes the edge off. You don't feel fucking high. You're all totally. good. Like that's what I've from a guy that used to smoke six to ten blunts a day, plus I, long rips, 
plus whatever vaporizing yeah. to now a five milligram fucking little <laughs> chocolate bean will fuck my life up. It's like totally, it's, yeah. it's so weird, man. Speaking of weed and stories, do you remember being uh, assigned my caretaker before my surprise party? Oh, that Carter threw for me at yes. Hummingbird House. Vaguely, yeah. yes. I, this is, I don't remember a lot of stories until someone starts me, but this okay. story is so imprinted on my brain. All right, let's it hear it. So fucking traumatic. Uh, it's my <laughs> birthday. <laughs> I don't even remember what birthday it is. I'm 25, 26, 27. I don't know. 25, uh, mid 20s. Um, and it's, I don't even, I think it was a Friday, maybe, maybe a Thursday. I don't know, but, uh, mm-hmm. probably a Friday because Carter was throwing a surprise party unbeknownst to me with all our friends. So it had to be mm-hmm. like closer to the weekend. But, uh, so you, you come over and you're like, what are you doing today? I'm like, I got no plans. I'm just going to eat junk food and watch movies. And you're like, come smoke with me. And I'm like, cool. I have no plans. I was always a bad smoker. Remember? Yeah. You've always One been hit. a bad one hit, one hit wonder, cheap date, whatever. And uh, so we go to your place and we you got the volcano mm-hmm. and we're smoking like, you know, a, a hefty bag full of weed. Mm-hmm. And then um, we're hanging out. And I, I guess maybe you got the text that like it was cool to let me go whenever. And like you had something to do. So I'm like, cool, I'm so high. I'm, I'm stumbling over to 7-Eleven. I get like every fucking hostess thing they have off the rack. Yeah. Like a disgusting amount of zebra cakes and Swiss yeah. cake rolls and shit. Yeah. Nachos. And I used to put relish on those nachos yeah. when I was high. And uh, I walk home with my arms full of shit and open the door. And there's like 40 fucking friends screaming surprise. And I immediately ditched all the junk food into the bush to the right of the front door because I was like, Immediately, the first thing I felt was shame. Like, I'm high. They're going to see me with all this food and think I'm the worst person on earth. So I throw it all in the bushes. And they all saw that, of course. They thought I was being slick, you know. And they pull me in. And I'm like, I... And immediately, Carter's like, dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I thought you'd be happy. And I'm like, I'm so fucking high right now. I'm so high. And they pull me in the kitchen. They show me my birthday cake. And they were like, I think Kara and Ashley, mm-hmm. like, rubbed my back and, like, hung out with me for, like, an hour until I could go back in the living room with everybody. You know? oh it, was, it was so fucking bad. You got me so high. It was awful. It was fucking <laughs> awful. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'll never I, you forget know, it. You know, you just fucking forget how high you can get. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah. And you're like, how am I going to entertain him for like an hour? Like, you know, I think we had Wonder Shows and on, which still to this day is my favorite show of all time. How good uh, was that fucking show, dude? No one else can stand it except like you and one other person I know. Totally, it man. Is literally, probably the most profound, amazing, it's insane, dude. Show you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen Wonder Shows, and it is early days of Cartoon Network, Adult yeah. Swim, fucking chaos, dude. That incredible. Show. Yeah, so problematic in the best way possible. <laughs> yeah, we used to get so high and watch Wonder Shows in and uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force and the fucking uh, Tim and Eric show when that shit started oh, yeah. coming out. Remember that? That was fucking yeah. bad. That oh, yeah. that was one Rosie would veto every time. She's like, I can't. She's all, it's the <laughs> it's the sound effects like the you know oh, like yeah, all yeah. the the licking and the <laughs> it was the it was the early days of ASMR for sure. They were yeah doing for, for sure. It was, it was, it was cool to discover that shit with you guys. Cause we were like, somebody's making comedy that gets us, you know what totally, I mean? Man. And we felt like we were in on something so new that yeah. just disgusted everybody else in the it world. It was so 
brutal dude. yeah those montalvo days i i look back on so fondly man you know yeah um i mean that fucking i couldn't believe how many of us lived in that neighborhood you know what i mean and the fucking parties and decimated portions playing and oh my god you know what i mean yeah. having a fucking baby in that apartment you know what i mean was like <laughs> oh my god dude it was bad yeah. you know yeah um not that there was anything bad going on in my apartment or with a baby but it was like just to raise a kid around 35 other fucking people. Yeah. <laughs> it, was insane, it was just, dude. it was just loud and covered in beer and cigarette smoke and like all constantly. <laughs> and there's people coming in and out and parties yeah. and, you know, I was glad that it ended up being mostly at your house. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. Yeah. You know, totally. I, I locked that shit down when they, when scout came dude. I was like, Nope, we can't do this yeah. anymore, dude. And then you're, I mean, the notorious story of Maddie almost lighting the fucking apartment on fire, right? You remember that <laughs> night? Yeah, oh yeah. Totally. Yeah, because I, I, I just remember getting the hysterical phone call. I don't remember, yeah. I don't know what actually happened. I mean, I've just heard the accounts of it, but you were, yeah. were you the one that came into the apartment and yeah. fucking put yeah. it out? Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure I was with Chris Panic. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And we were walking by and it was like smoky. Mm -hmm. We walked in and Matt's like, I think he was face down or on his side on the linoleum floor in the kitchen, passed out drunk. And there was like, it wasn't like a full flame yet, but it yeah. was almost there. And I don't remember there. what he was making. I don't remember if he was making rice like, or something. He like rice, rice, you know, pizza rolls or whatever the fuck he was cooking. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and we turned it off. Yeah. I tried to wake him. He wouldn't stir. And I stepped over him and we went about our business, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause Maddie <laughs> tells, tells it. He just remembers waking up to getting beat with a broom by Rosie, cussing oh. at him and shit. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. I think Chris maybe hollered up to her when we were leaving. I don't, I don't remember. I mean, yeah. it was one of those nights we were probably walking to get our like 10th ice house tall can. You know? Right. Yeah. So I don't know, but we, we knew enough that that was bad. That's not good. <laughs> well, I do appreciate you saving my family's life, dude. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt, yeah, Matt has that banana. talent. Still to this day, he has the talent to pass out anywhere in any position, no matter what, be it cold linoleum floor yeah. or a fucking tree in the backyard or whatever. It's his, the world is his bed for sure. It, it, it's an, it's a raw talent, dude. I mean, yeah. the amount of stories I have about him are, is fucking endless, dude. It, right. It, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to ask, you know, uh, I remember your, your old job, right? You were working with the homeless. Like what, what yeah. was that? I know that, I mean, homeless problem up there is, and it's everywhere now, you know I mean? That's kind of what right, I wanted right. to ask you about it. Cause yeah, so fucking bad. Like when you go, yeah. I know you haven't been to LA probably in a minute, but it is un fucking real. The homeless I mean, Skid roads. It is the largest but Skid rows everywhere now. It's fucking yeah, oh, yeah. everywhere. You know yeah. I mean? Like you, I had to, I went to a, a stranger things thing with my kids. Yeah. And we had to actively drive around fucking people's shit in the middle of the street. You know what I mean? Oh, it would, yeah. It would look like a movie set bad, you know? Yeah. But, you know, there's, where where are they going to poop? You know, people are always like, they go to San Francisco. I'm like, there's so much human shit. I'm like, where do you expect them to go? I don't there know. There is an app, but, right? But, you know? I, I was told there's an app. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's an app. There's an know. app. I think there's yeah. an app for homeless shits in San Francisco. Oh, for like where they can go yeah. shit? Or? They like, no, they mark them when they see them. Oh, oh, okay. Like a geocaching <laughs> app. Like, there's a shit right here on the wow. fucking well, corner. That, that, seems, that seems like a very tragic waste of resources on their part. But I guess it's funny, so people download it. But I don't know. I've never yeah. seen it. I just, I just, it's one of those urban myths. But so, what part were you our, doing? You were, you were, you were basically like providing 
homeless people the opportunity to have showers and bathe, right? Yeah, yeah, amongst other things. Yeah, so we had these big old mobile trailers, you know, 35 feet long, uh, three bathrooms. One of them was ADA accessible, so we could wheelchair up the ramp. Um, and they were shower, they were full bathroom, shower, sink, toilet, you know, and we had, so we actually had a program, or we have a program, or they have a program, God, yeah, in LA. Um, so they're on Skid Row one or two days a week. But yeah, we were right. in... I basically was tasked with, I started out as someone on site in San Francisco, driving and parking the trailer, hooking up the water, running a list, you know, getting people in and out of showers, getting them toiletries and stuff they needed um, and just hanging out on the street. It was great. It was the best job I ever had for sure. And then I kind of rose up in the ranks a little and then I started the program in Oakland. Mm. So we did five days a week across Oakland from east to west. Wow. Um, and we had two trailers and we had two locations a day, five days a week. It was a lot. I mean, it it was just not even speaking on the emotional like toll or, you know, like the the socialization toll, just talking all day. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Just mechanically and logistically was just a wild job to have because Mm -hmm. I'm working with the city and the department of transportation and I'm getting permits from the the water department and EB mud, which is our version. It's like our municipal district. Okay. So they deal with drainage where I could dump the water in the sewers and after it was used, it was just an incredibly like, you know, very job to have. And on top of that, we were hanging out all day with, members of our community you know that were living on the street right so hearing stories you're getting to know people and it was a real simple thing we give people showers they come they sign up they first come first serve we get them in we get them out um mm-hmm. that's it you know but it, it became really complicated really quick because you start to make friendships with people and you start to hear their stories and so while certainly uh people experiencing homelessness is like obviously a countrywide issue <clears throat> it's really stark up here because it's like this is the richest, like, I think San Francisco surpassed Manhattan like two or three years ago for how right. expensive it is. And so you're seeing like, you know, millionaire and billionaires stepping over homeless folks to go into their fucking, the Twitter building or some shit on Market right. Street. You know? And it's gross because those people <clears throat> snap their fingers and change everything. But, uh, yeah, they don't, you know, so. Yeah. But it, but it was a, it was great work. I mean, I, I actually live across the street from the encampment with some of our former guests. We call them guests. Um, the job was really good because it opened up my mind to all these intricacies of, of the issue, like mm-hmm. uh, the way we address folks on the street, the way we, you know, that even the verbiage we use. So I've, I've seen people get kind of snarky about how um, we're not saying homeless anymore. We're saying houseless or we're saying people experiencing homelessness. Mm-hmm. Like, what does that matter? Should we really focus on that? And like, yeah, we should, we should, we should change ideas about everything across the board, mostly even only because it, sparks people's interest you know everyone hears the word homeless everyone knows it you don't have a home okay and why would you say homeless? it means the same thing but it's different so it shifts your attention to that Mm. if you read that or you hear someone say that kind of like it's a brain thing you know it perks up well yeah because you hear the homeless and you think okay drug addict piece of shit like you know i mean like not that i do that but you know the average person is like I don't want fucking homeless people living near me. You know what I mean? Like, totally. period. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it is yeah. a lack of compassion overall. You know what I mean? I think for a lot of it. And I, yes. you know, I, as a generally compassionate human, like being a father, I don't want it around me. I don't totally. need a, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just yeah. on a pure protective level. I don't fucking yeah. want to my kids to have to deal with some fucking dude coming up, maybe pulling a knife or something, which is seemingly yeah. rare. 
But, you know, with right. what happened at Aloha not so long ago, the fucking guy in Malibu getting hacked to death with a fucking machete in front of his kids. Totally. That shit freaks me out, dude. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And yeah. now I like I have found myself on guard, whereas normally like I I generally naturally attract weirdos, dude. Like, yeah, they love me. <laughs> they fucking love me, dude. And they're always know, talking to me and I don't have a problem doing it. But over yeah. the last few years, just with the unsettling fucking chaos that's going on, yeah. I'm like, get the hey, man. Stand back, get the fuck away from me. You know what I mean? And I I have found myself losing compassion yeah. for homeless people. You know what I mean? And it's, I know it's not the yeah. right thing to do. You know what I mean? And when it's all said and good, you're supposed to be fucking compassionate. But yeah. as a father, like as a protector, I'm like, I ain't taking any fucking chances on you're having the worst day of your life, making my it the worst day of mine, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And I, you know, I've, um, my, my, uh, uh, my roommate, sorry, spacing for a second. She was just, she takes a walk every day and she meditates. She does this like beautiful thing every day, you know, walks and meditates down. We have a parkway running down the middle of our street. It's just like mm-hmm. grass and shit. And there's a woman that's been living in a tent a couple blocks down and she sees her every day, waves and walks past her, you know, and the other day, the woman decides that she's the devil and she starts accosting my roommate and right. my roommate's trying to stay cool. And, and she comes home and she was really upset and she was asking me like, and we, it opened up this whole conversation about, you know, for me, like, I mean, especially being raised Christian too, like you or Roman Catholic in my case, like mm. you're, you're, it's the whole turn the other cheek thing. But for me, it, it, it's not about the religious aspect of that. It's more about understanding where someone's coming from and empathizing. Like, you know, I don't know what her day was like. She could have just been assaulted. She could yeah. have the worst night of her life. She has maybe some untreated mental illness and there's nowhere right. for her to go. So, I mean, there's, there's systemic problems. Like I, we didn't only do showers. We gave wraparound services, we called them. So we had people there, like uh, nurses huh? there. <laughs> yeah. We had yeah. nurses there that would give them medical care, wound care. We had people yeah. that would, you know, do needle exchanges. We even had a library there giving out library cards because the libraries are some of the best places for folks to go. Mm-hmm. You use computers so they can communicate with their family and tell them they're okay, uh, you know, to waste some time to, like, figure out, you know, what other kind of services. Just not be on the street. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'll tell you over like almost four years of working there, I, I got to know people, a lot of people really well. And I, I knew people that had been on the street for 20 or 30 years that had never touched drugs or alcohol. Mm-hmm. I, I met people that were just freshly uh, on the street because they got fired from their job and they were living with their grandpa and they didn't know he wasn't paying property taxes and the bank took the house, every story you can imagine. And I've seen the progressions yeah. from people that just hit the street you know, fresh faced young man with a backpack, all this stuff. He's going to get a job. He's going to figure it out. He won't be there long. You know, next week, no backpack, missing a shoe. He got his ass beat the night before they stole all his shit. Right. You know, the next week, he's got bruises all over his face. Like he got his ass beat again. Like someone stole yeah. a sleeping bag. Now he's freezing. The next week, he's losing weight because he's not sleeping and he doesn't know where to go for food. And then right. he starts drinking because who the fuck wouldn't drink if you're on the street every single night? You know right. I mean? Yeah. Why wouldn't she turn to drugs? And on. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. And the folks you're talking about with the real violent tendencies, that's just some serious untreated mental illness. And it's of like, yeah. we got to decide, you know, I guess as like a society, like what we want our culture to be towards other people. And do we want like Reagan era shit where he, you know, defunded pretty much all mental health, like federally funded or state funded mental health. He basically defunded federal federal mental health programs and totally. they gave states the right to choose 
mm-hmm. like some of those without any federal mandates above it, which of course the states are going to be like, we'll take that money and we'll put it over here. Oh yeah. You we're going to use it for something else. People. Yeah. You know, so it just, yeah, I like, mean, even with the Camarillo hospital, them just straight letting everyone out back in the seventies, you know what I mean? Tickets, like, right. You go North, yeah. you go South. Here's a bus ticket. Yeah, like exactly. Giuliani was, Giuliani was praised for cleaning up New York and he just sent everyone fucking South. Yeah. You know, he didn't do anything. He just moved everyone and they still do that to this day, even in San yeah. Francisco, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's way too like intricate a problem to like have any easy answer for. And, oh, and yeah. your, your attitude with your kids is like, I could never blame someone for, for feeling that way because you, yeah. you don't want to risk someone else's state of mind. You don't want to risk your kids based on what you have seen happen, you know? Well, and it's like, I don't treat, I don't treat them bad. You know what I mean? I'm not I like, you do. I, I'm not yeah, actively, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. fuck you motherfucker. But I am, yeah. Yeah. whereas before yeah. I would have no problems like embracing someone that was fucking yeah. homeless if they had a funny thing to say or whatever. But yeah. now I really do think twice, you know what I mean? Because people are totally. so mentally unstable. Like, I don't know if it's, and I'm sure it's the gamut. I don't know if it's mental health a lot, if it's a drugs a lot, if it's a huge combination of a lot. But a lot of us are a few paychecks away from being homeless. I'm going to say you know yeah, I mean? a lot of people that, you know, talk shit are like, you You just don't understand how close you are to that. I know, exactly. It's, it's so cutthroat. You you don't find those landlords anymore that'll let you slide or no. or whatever the fuck. Everyone's got someone else on top of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and just the whole culture of, of, of house buying and, and how it's, you know, there's banks that own shit tons. Even Zillow, I think they just finally stopped because they got so much shit for it, but they were buying up tons of properties. Oh, totally. And they, and they were playing yeah. the flip it game or sitting on them until they get, you know what I mean? Like it's, mm-hmm. that's so gross. It's so gross to hear that there's like, three empty homes or apartments for every one person homeless. Like that's disgusting. Yeah. Cause you literally can't afford to live in it. You know what I mean? And they're owned by fucking Saudi princes or whoever the fuck, you know what I mean? Like people that are never going to use the property. They just think it's real estate as a hobby, you know? Right. Um, but you know, it is, it is a weird, like, cause when you really get into it, it's like the intricacies of the homeless problem are so wide right i mean you can't yeah. there's no like you said there's no easy answer there's a shitload of gray i mean yeah. obviously there's things that we can do but you know what i have a huge problem with is that there is a massive infrastructure based around the ho- homeless problem you know what i mean yeah, yeah. oh yeah and yeah. and it is a money-making fucking machine at this point and it's like totally. just like every other fucking thing that goes on you know it's all profit yeah. driven you got people right. that are making 200 350 thousand that are in charge of the fucking homeless crisis. I, it's, it's and absurd. nothing's ever getting fixed. You know it's, what I mean? You know how many, you know how many mixers or fundraisers I went to where it was like, you know, $2,500 plates and where like there was an open bar and shit. Oh, like, no. fuck, fuck you. The event how itself costs fucking $150,000, you, you know? You're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to hit a, a $500,000 ceiling before any of that money is made for the cause. You know what I mean? Right. Like, how dare, it's just a gross, that whole like that whole world of philanthropy is is disturbing, yeah. and anyone can look it up. Like how philanthropy really works with millionaires and billionaires. It's oh, a fucking yeah. joke. It's a joke. But uh, but there's a lot of good organ. There's a coalition on homelessness in San Francisco. I'll always promote them. Their CEO makes makes minimum wage. Uh, they they literally live their message. You know, and yeah. there's plenty of good organizations out there. But you're totally right. It reminds me of a of a a tiny little version of the war machine where you got right. black water or not black water, but you got like uh non-governmental organizations charging 
the so U.S. You got these contractors and, making millions off of it. They're know? like, oh, you want an office in Afghanistan? Uh, okay, well, we're going to, the chairs are $10,000. The pencils are 800 bucks. Like, it's the same way in the sense that there's all these inflated prices. And I was really proud of the organization I worked for because that that wasn't a thing. We really, like, we used that money, you know, mm-hmm. but but also the founder believed in a living wage. So we all got paid very well. Mm-hmm. We had like mental health days. There was a huge focus on like self-care because what we were doing was pretty traumatic. And it it's was draining, right? Out. Mentally, physically, emotionally on you. So hearing those we stories all day, people, you can't not be affected. No, I mean, we watched people die, like not literally right in front of our face, except in like one or two cases. But like, you know, on my birthday, actually I met Gavin Newsom on my birthday working an event outside of the Bill Graham auditorium over here in san francisco uh you know which hosted hendrix and the doors and shit like mm-hmm. that but uh, um newsom puts on like an every three month giant mm-hmm. event where mm-hmm. folks can come and get like dental work and like healthcare stuff and right. all kinds of services it's really cool um and i got a chance to meet him and i just asked him about joanna newsom because she's my favorite artist ever um, I, I don't know if you remember her, but I used to torture you with her song. She plays harp and sings like, Oh that. yeah. Also, that's his like cousin, right? Are, oh, they're he related. Was, yeah. Yeah. He was Forgot. so shocked and grossed out that I would ask him, I would use my time with him to ask him about his cousin, but I thought I'd do it, but that's <laughs> not the point. My birthday, Bill Graham auditorium. And I have two, two people OD on my birthday and I'm working almost alone running a whole trailer. God, and it was it. just like, you know, and of course it was the birthday that everyone forgot or something. So it was just like a really fucked up, gross day. Yeah. You know, but like the same time we revived both people and, and it was like happy, but it was just like those moments, like I'll never forget. I'll carry with me. But right. also some of the folks that we loved and we got really connected to plenty of stone cold, sober, amazing, hilarious folks <laughs> with rich stories that lived in Oakland. They watched it change over 50 years or less, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're out on the street and they are not even bummed about it they're just trying to get through their day and they're spreading joy and you know you'll meet all types you'll meet all types um but you know i don't blame you in that sense with with like that protectiveness over your kids especially but but i hope maybe do you talk to them if they asked you about that or have you you opened that conversation up with them about well i don't have much interaction with you know i mean but like i have no problem i'm not going to be if if it's me yeah yeah, all good you know what i mean but Usually the guy that is like running up to approach me is oh, yeah. already looking off anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? Whereas I know I can handle myself, but when I right. do have my kids, I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm literally, I'm never going to cuss someone out unless they're really getting weird. Yeah. But I have no problems like hearing someone's story or I'm just right. saying that as like the way in which normally I have always operated is, is, is really through compassion and understanding yeah. that people suffer. But over yeah. the last fucking 10 years, you know, and the, the want to protect my children and being in a strange yeah. place with them, you know what I mean? It's like, that's yeah. going to override everything. I'll kill everyone in the fucking, in the park if I have I to. Know you know I, mean? I know you will. I know you will. And you do it. It was I carnage. dream about it. You know, I, mean? I, was, I was wondering more about if you talk to your kids about it. Oh, about like, my children? About, oh, to my children. Like, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, no yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. have, they have a general compassion for people, you know, but there was a point when, when they were really young that, you know, we would see people that were fucked up, heroin addicts on the street. Right. You know, and I made the mistake one time of going, hey, look, that's a, like a real-life zombie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, we had one at one time, we were walking down, like, Maine or whatever, and fucking Scouter King were like, it's a zombie! You know what oh, I mean? Wow. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, I felt so bad because it's a, you know, it 
you they are people, right? You know what I mean? Course, and, yeah. You know, but um, you know, I've had these weird interactions with people. Like I was downtown not too long ago, and they have completely closed downtown off, like for walking, right? Right. Yeah. It's all you can't drive down. I love it. I love the way yeah, it's set up. I've been there. It, it looks great. I love right? it. Right. Yeah, so I awesome. I was yeah. with Bronson, the baby, and um, and uh, I had just gotten some coffee at Palermo, that little coffee shop down there, because I dropped the oh, kids yeah. off in the morning at school. Then we go downtown, and I get a cup coffee of coffee. Coffee will make you poop for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, it gets coffee you moving. Make dude. you poop. Uh, yeah. But we were just kind of standing around and walk, you know, walking up, and he was walking up and down the road, right. And uh, this guy was walking down fucking Maine, and he had this gigantic five-gallon jug of, like, brown-ass liquid. I mean, right? And he has a cup, and he's pouring the liquid into a cup, and he's throwing it on the windows. Oh, God. You know what I mean? And and so now I'm here with my baby, who I will kill everyone for, right? And he's doing the whole fucking conspiracy shit, you know, just shit, wild shit's flying out of his mouth. Right. You know what I mean? And and I'm I'm and I'm like now I'm like, okay, dude. He's walking, he's about to walk by Palermo. I'm like, if this motherfucker does anything weird, I'm gonna kill him. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's just my baby's here and he's he's eyeballing, he's eye fucking me because I am a guy with a beard. You know, I look like a guy that yeah. when I fuck somebody, you know, I'm not you're a challenge. You're like a you're like a boss at the end of a level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like yeah. I'm like the boss at double dragon, dude. Right. <laughs> Contra boss. But uh anyway, so I kind of get Bronson. I shuffle him over into the area in the corner, and and he he looks at everyone at Palermo and decides not to fucking throw the liquid. And I'm like, thank God, dude, because yeah. I'm not getting covered in that shit. And, but he oh, keeps God. walking down Maine, right? And he's throwing liquid and he's saying crazy shit. And I, and I'm kind of watching him. And uh, you know, two fucking cops on bikes roll right past him. Yeah. Don't say a fucking word, right? And so I stop the cops. I'm like, hey, man. Are you going to do anything about that at all? Right. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're telling me you didn't just see this guy throw brown-ass liquid all over these fucking stores? And they're like, oh, we didn't notice. I'm like, how did you not notice? You know what I mean? So they go around and talk to him, and now he knows that I talked to him, so now he's starting to approach me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's within 100 feet, so it's like I'm a, I can get ready. I'll throw a chair into his head or whatever. But, you know, you're just so on fucking guard, like, and it's so scary. Whereas, it, it, and, it, you know, my compassion is this is a guy who's obviously fucking out of his mind. Yeah. frantic. I mean, the way he's talking, you could tell. But yeah. he's also throwing some unknown liquid at people on right. the street. And you're like, this yeah. guy needs to be taken off. You know what I mean? Off yeah. the fucking streets. But the cops don't want to do shit, dude. Yeah, you know what I mean, they didn't want to approach him. They didn't want to fucking talk to him. I mean, they're, they're lazy. Like, that, that, they're that lazy. They're the fucking lazy. Hours of their, that would have been the next four hours of their day dealing with that paperwork and all the bullshit. It's it, it's gross. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fucked up, you know. And it's it's like I don't have not have compassion for the guy, but it is getting to the point where it's like, just get the fuck away from me, man. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, whereas before no one, I'm like, hey, man, yeah, let's fucking let's have a weird <laughs> conversation. This is awesome, you know. Right. Um, but you know, no I, I don't want to. I don't want to be uncompassionate. I just. Yeah. It, it's just weird when you have something to live for, you know what I mean? Like you just your whole entire mindset changes, you know. And I can understand okay. the people that are bitching about it, saying like, "Get these fucking guys away from me!" You know, people living yeah. in Venice Beach that are getting knives pulled on them, coming out coming out of their houses and shit. You're like, right. you know, and it is a huge problem. This is a mental health problem. We have nothing's yeah. being addressed. It's just put a band aid on it and, yeah. and fucking keep them moving, you know. And it, it's very yeah. sad, you know. It, it bums me out. 
You know? Totally. I mean, you can, I mean, number of, no one, no one that's done this work or even institutionally like trains people like what, for what I did, de-escalation tactics or uh, compassionate care or response, that kind of stuff. No one will ever argue with the number one being self-preservation. Like right. my, when my roommate came home the other day and she was really fucked up over what happened, I was like, you know, number, uh, number one de-escalation tactic is space. Give totally. space always. It makes the person feel safe, and you're actually literally physically not near them. Like right, right. Nothing better. It makes too much sense. But um, don't you know? Don't feel bad about self self preservation. You can be a compassionate person, and but you you know, it's like putting the mask on first before you put it on someone else, kind of thing. Right, right. But, but compassion is something I hope everyone works on constantly. Totally. And the zombie thing is funny, but like at the end of the day, it's slightly, it was mean. It was mean. You know what I mean? I, mean, I it's, didn't, it's, it's, but it's also, it's those little changes that, you know, yeah. you want to have some humor in your day. Fuck it. You know me. I, I say all kinds of weird shit, Totally, dude. Yeah. but like, you know, um, it's all those little changes that make a big deal over time. And especially to kids, they notice that shit, but like, yeah. um, you know, self-preservation overall, man, you can't, yeah. But truthfully, it's all about local government and shit. Like, yeah, you, we want to. It's a huge issue for every city, every fucking city, every city, how small. It's a huge, huge issue. Yet it's never the center point of like. I mean, politicians usually want to make it go away, so they'll do something to mitigate it in the short term. Right. Or we'll put them up in emergency shelters. We'll power wash the street. We'll give encampments porta potties. Like, right. get them the fuck off the street. Assess right. their needs. Get them the services. Right. And you know what? Honestly, at the end of the day, just like as long as the world has been the world, there's going to be people who prefer to roam. But right. those aren't going to be the ones that are brandishing knives and going nuts. Those folks, they don't want to be doing that shit, you know? Right. I've met right. a lot of them. I've been kicked and screamed at and had the worst shit said to me in my life. And and the next day, apologies and love and hugs. Like, it's right. all over the place, you know? Nobody totally. wants to be doing that shit. But uh, yeah. You know, yeah. first house them, get them. But also people are like, well, you have this huge plot of land on the east side of town. Like, throw them all over there. I'm like, oh, now we're just going to corral a bunch of people like they're yeah. animals. It's so complicated, you know. Yeah, it is complicated, um, man. What made yeah. you leave? How come you left? I mean, COVID happened and all our services stopped. Oh, okay. And I got a little, I mean, to be honest, I got a little disillusioned with the organization because I think that's when we were needed probably the most. Mm-hmm. Um, hygiene was the number one factor in transmission of COVID. Right. And now we left people without a way to clean themselves or even wash their fucking hands. Right. Um, and so I took issue with it and I became a work from home office person and I didn't vibe with it. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think, I think my shitty attitude showed. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right. But, gotcha. it, but it was like, it was one of those things where I was, you know, I was watching all these other organizations pop up during COVID doing this work and we even donated trailers and equipment to other nonprofits doing that work right. and we're sitting on our fucking hands having yeah. 20 zoom meetings and literally nothing would come of the zoom meetings it was right. just like some weird and trust me i felt okay collecting a paycheck not having to like get up at 5 30 every morning and bust my ass and do this shit but like right. that was my job that i love to do and yeah i had i would see folks all over town where are you guys at where are you gonna be like Mm-hmm. Blah, blah blah. I need my shower. Like my wife needs. I'm like, dude, we're not, we're not doing anything. I don't know what to tell you. Like, sorry, it's man. not my choice. Like, you know, I was the yeah. boss of the East Bay side, but like, I was under the umbrella. I couldn't just do. You can't go rogue, it. right? Yeah. There was a few days I'm like, I'm just gonna drive the trailer out today and just fucking start giving showers. But now, I mean, 
everything was like permitted and yeah. precise and like on the on the level. So yeah, um, it is hard because he, that's where you get into the the fact that this is a machine and there's a fucking there's someone that's gonna lose their ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you start if people really go a rogue and really start helping without the thing, yeah. so now the city's not getting their little fucking permit money and. I know yeah, it's it's a it's a bummer, man. It, it's a sad thing, and like I said, I don't want to put out the fact that I don't have any compassion for people, but I do struggle with it. You know what I mean? It's, and especially now, it's like, you know, but you know, I, I'm I never going to be the guy that's fucking trying to you know beat the fuck out of a homeless guy. It's just not no, gonna no, no. I, mean, it's like, I know, I know you, and I know, yeah. I know your, I know your heart, and I know you're not yeah. like that. But like, you're balancing that with like literally being like a papa bear mm-hmm. and and the issue and you know situations getting seemingly worse and worse and worse for people because shit's driving everyone crazy and truthfully like i can't imagine you know what i would do if i was on the street and i was getting shit from people all day and then i started using drugs to kind of med- self-medicate right. for my trauma and then you get too far especially slippery slope with heroin i mean you disappear right. into that like fairly quickly and the heroin meth uh, i mean meth is the worst you know I mean, and I saw it. So one of our sites was at Civic Center in San Francisco. So it's right by um, City Hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's um, Homeland Security, like, basically has jurisdiction over that piece of property uh, right in front of City Hall and City Hall. And it, it's the most heroin every single day sold in the Bay Area yeah, is on Homeland Security property. Right. And they don't fuck with it because just like I said, it's the next four hours of paperwork for them. Right. So they decide icing cops walk right past dudes with a needle in their arm, like mid push, you know, and totally. kids. they have all these kids like from South America, like that basically kind of shipped up here and made to sold, made to sell those little balloons, you know, and a lot of those kids, their families are in danger back home if they fuck up, if the money doesn't show up, totally, they don't yeah. sell enough, you know, and, and some of them, some of them like the job some of them don't. I've met a few cause they use our services, but a lot of them are kind of forced to do that shit, but totally, man. I still talk shit every day I came out of the bar and I'd see those kids counting all the little balloons in their hand. I'd be like, fuck you motherfucker, fuck you. Cause I was just so angry and there's. Homeland Security, they're decked out like they're in the fucking military. Right. You know what I mean? And they're like happening right in front of them. Yeah. You know, but they're like, there's a better use of their time. And it's really their job is to kind of protect, you know, from fucking terrorism or whatever the fuck. Nothing ever happens over there, you know. But um, it was really kind of a stark contrast to see. And the only time I saw a cop even give a shit was when a guy dropped a gun and then it was on. It was like 30 fucking cars. Oh, yeah. You know. But uh, yeah. it was wild work. I really want to return to working in the community, but I think I would do parks department or something like right something where I'm on my feet so I could lose my COVID thirty five. Yeah. It wasn't COVID. It wasn't COVID fifteen for me. All right. No, not yeah, me COVID. neither, dude. I put on a solid twenty five, dude. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. But it's, I, it's but bad, I, man. You know, well, it's, I'm I'm glad to fucking. I mean, I, you've always been such a compassionate dude, and you have always cared. You know what I mean? And yeah. And uh, it's it's rad to see that you did it, and you know, because every time I talk to you, it was like, fuck, man, that's what a cool fucking yeah, gig, you know what I mean. You have to really fucking care in order to do that shit, you know. And yeah, we got I got a lot of stories and a lot of friends I see all over the city and all over Oakland. It's a lot yeah. of friends that you know are out on the street, and it's like, you know, it's good to see people. People are thriving everywhere. Yeah, you know, I would tell you, like, you know, 
to access that part that wants to, to like be more compassionate, but ultimately you gotta, you gotta protect your own always. But yeah, and people, people are, America's the funny, I can't remember the quote exactly. I'm paraphrasing, but it's like Americans are like, they, they see themselves as like future billionaires. So right now we're currently just embarrassed for people waiting right. for that break to win the lotto or right. make an app. Then your dad's like, why don't you make an app? But you'll be a millionaire. Like it doesn't really happen that way, but okay. Sure, man. No problem. You know, and yeah. stop seeing ourselves as that and more of a community with each other and right. start, start voting in line with that kind of shit and protecting, yeah. protecting the people that, that need that. And yeah. I think there is a lot of, I, I think there is a lot of that going on. I think if there's one silver lining in COVID, it's, it's the fact that people are really starting to think for the first time in their lives, what do yeah. I want to do? I don't want to return to my fucking piece of shit job. Right. I hate that job. I hate making fucking $13 an hour. I, you know what I mean? I think for the first yeah. time, they're, you know, they're really, people are really starting to consider their place in this world and they yeah. want to make, make it better. You know what I mean? Which is rad. Totally. So if my, anything my comes out of this shit, I'm, I'm, hope, I'm hoping it's that, you know? Okay. My dad would be mad at me, but I'm so stoked with what's going on with like restaurant workers and like union workers. Oh, me too. The fuck out saying yeah. fuck you. Like it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we know this. We were, we were a product of, we're the same generation as, as a lot of those folks. Like we, we were there. We had to do, I mean, I, my first job was 525 minimum wage. Right. How the fuck was I going to live on that? Dude? You're not. You know, yeah. even when rent was 600 bucks, which was cheap back then, like yeah. being, that's all I made the entire month, you know, Still three paychecks yeah. to pay your rent, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fuck Just man. Keep... Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm the, with the, obviously I'm, I've been a union guy for many, many years. I'm yeah, hundred percent pro. If your fucking job's treating you like shit, absolutely strike. Our only power is in either consuming or fucking the workers. You know what I mean? Right, so right. You want to yeah. fucking change something? Stop buying it, dude. You want to yeah. fucking, you want to really change something? Stop fucking producing it. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, watch I how fast that. these guys change. You know what I mean? And I think more and yeah. more people now are starting to realize it, you know, which is good. So I love that, uh, the Cola Boy interview where you guys, you discuss about that kind of supply chain shit and, mm-hmm. and, and it, it's, I love that socialism and communism is a fucking hashtag now. And I love that people realize how fucking stupid capitalism is as a system. And, and uh, while there's problems with all of them across the board, like, you know, we can, we can make a melting pot of different ideals and. Right. It, it can nice all thing. work. There's room for all of it. You know what I mean? If, if you need there is. compassion first, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's actually, there's room for all of us on Jeff Bezos new yacht. Yeah, I know. So, oh, that motherfucker, he could give us all a billion dollars and still have like $69 billion yeah. left. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> just, just give me a room on your yacht. It's like a mile long, dude. You'll yeah, never dude. see me. You'll we'll never go to Epstein's me. Island and fuck some teenagers. You know what I mean? oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> totally. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, dude, thanks for coming on the pod, man. It was really great to ch- uh, catch up with you, you know? For sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'll uh, I'll yeah. be talking to you. I, uh, it was uh, For the record, it was really nice to see you this weekend. And um, Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, we're yeah, in the future. Sure. You know what oh, I mean? this is, oh, it's the future. Oh, yeah. Hi, everybody the in the future. Now. I love yeah. you. Anyway. All right, brother. Well, you, I'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Give your love to my your family, and, and uh, I love you. Will do, man.